everybody and welcome to episode number 20 and the final kickabout show of the well of what's been a, a very frustrating year of 2020 and dan and fran are here once again hello Hiya. so yeah it's um it's been a, it's been a strange year this year we are going to do a little bit of a, a look back on 2020 and try and pick out some uh some slightly more positive and fun things about the premier league in 2020 but uh unfortunately we do have to start on a slightly negative note um, with all the the new tiers and restrictions and whatever else is going on in, in the world at the moment or in the country at the moment, it's uh, it's transpired that all football is now back behind closed doors again. Which I feel like that's kind of fair. I thought it was a bit unfair that there was like three teams that still had fans and the others didn't. So considering obviously it's best for safety and everyone's health, but I feel like that's it. I think it was a bit unfair that like three teams had had fans and no one else did. Yeah, there was a lot of talk of that at the start, actually, because obviously at, at no point did we have fans back in every stadium. I think there was yeah. the possibility that was going to happen, and then it all changed pretty quickly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, obviously that's that's now put to stop. Everton and Liverpool were the last two teams in the league that were in, in a tier. I think they were in tier two at the time. They're now tier three, I think. I, do, I lose track of what tiers everyone's in. So they can't have any fans, which is, which is obviously everything off. And we've also now had two games called off in... You know, in a, in a short space of time, we had Everton City called off a few days ago, and then tonight Spurs against Fulham. There's there's been talk of a break, um, like a circuit break. I think has been referred to where we have sort of a, a two week gap where we just sort of have no football and let everyone kind of calm down a bit. Do you think that's going to do anything? Is that a good idea? Do you think? I don't know. The problem is the fixtures are so close together because there's really not enough time to sort of get the season done especially with the Euros being pushed back to this year, um, you know, if that ends up getting postponed again, we've then got the World Cup next year. So would the, would the Euros be pushed Which, instead of the World Cup or would you, you know? I mean, I get that, but predominantly you have to think about people's health and safety, don't you, first? Like, if the Euros get cancelled and they just don't do them at all, they don't do them at all. Like, you have to put people... I, I appreciate it would be horrendous to have to do it, but you can't. you can't not cancel it because of like the Euros or the World Cup or something like you have to put people's health and safety first. If I was on a quarter of a mil a week, I think I'd probably get by. <laughs> playing a couple of games a week. Yeah. I think, I think uh, yeah, I, I get, I get where you're coming from. I know that's, that's kind of the in joke, isn't it? That, yeah, they paid a lot of money, but ultimately it is about player safety. The world cup is obviously been pushed. It's the winter world cup next year, isn't it? So it's not a summer world cup the following year. So there is in effect an 18 month gap between the euros and the world cup the following year. Um, I am kind of with you, Dan. I mean, ultimately the premier league does not want to have a massive congestion, congestion of fixtures if England want to do something in the World Cup next year, sorry, the Euros next year, then it would be best if we didn't cram any more fixtures in than were absolutely necessary. We've obviously got the Champions League and the Europa League to come back in, what is it, February that usually returns. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of football to get done before the Euros next year. So, and honestly, with all the... I, I can sort of see it working for the EFL because they do not have anything like the stringent procedures that the Premier League do in terms of the bubbles and the testing regimes and all that kind of stuff. So as long as the Premier League teams are keeping to the rules and are, you know, maintaining those bubbles, I don't see a reason. I mean, obviously you're going to get the odd one, but I don't think we should overreact just off the back of two games being called off. I yeah, I mean, I strongly disagree with <laughs> with both of you. Just because I'm like, so like, so what if the Euros get like, you're you're both. I know what you're both saying, and I enjoy football obviously as well. And I know you're both saying that like we have to fit these games in and blah blah blah. But there's nothing on this earth telling us we have to fit these Premier League games in. We have to do the Euros. We have to do the, what we have to do is sort this bloody virus out in my opinion. And if the circuit breaker is needed, then it's needed. I'm not saying it is needed, but I'm certain that probably every single football player is not sticking to the rules or like, you can't tell me everyone in the football team, in the assistant, like the coaches, all of them are like 
it's so easy to catch especially now that yeah. i'm i'm sure like there's there's probably something or some way that they're not all bubbling or anything like that yeah, but that's that, just my personal that football has a massive financial impact on the country it's probably the country oh yeah i mean there, there is that as well but yeah just, just um, yeah, I mean, anyway, we can move on. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 obviously the new variant is going to have a big impact. As you say, there are so many, there's families, families, are they sticking to the rules? As you say, it's so easy to catch it. It could just be they catch it from someone at the shops. You know, um, you just don't know. So it may be that it becomes so bad and games get called off left, right, and centre that the decision is effectively made for them and the circuit breaker becomes needed. So um, as of right now, I don't think it's needed, but if more happen, then yeah, I think it will be needed and, and it would be a good idea if it gets worse. And so, um, is it unfair to the other teams? Like, obviously it's been called off for City, Everton. So is it now being deemed unfair by other teams that City and Everton are getting like a break? and rest time whereas other and Tottenham and Fulham are getting like their players that are fit and healthy are now getting a lot more rest time than other yeah, but then players the, the fixture that's been postponed will be crammed in somewhere else so yeah the but now. they are getting obviously a lot of rest time. I'm just saying is that is that something that people will think about or be annoyed about potentially uh, I've not seen it yet. Um, I guess it is, you know, for, for Everton and for Spurs, who were the two teams involved that didn't have the COVID outbreak, um, it could be seen as that. I don't think, given the number of games that are being played, I don't think the extra two or three days is going to make, is it going to make huge differences? I don't know. Maybe it will. Um, but yeah, I, I've not seen it as an argument that's been used yet to suggest that people are whinging that they've had it. But ultimately, it's not like they can do anything about it. No, true. Um, so, yeah, but that's that's our little um, mini COVID chat. Maybe we'll have like a COVID alert every every week. <laughs> oh, God, do, I don't do, think people need to hear any uh, more about yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, all right. Point taken. Right, let's get on with the show then, shall we? Down the stack, man. <laughs> Oh, I even got a little chuckle out of Dan that time as well. <laughs> he loves it. He has a big smile on his face just every time. Chris singing it at home. Uh, that's literally what I have in my head. <laughs> no, it's probably not even a recording. It's actually Chris singing Live. it every time. I have oh, to yeah, I got proper into it. I had the mic set up. I was stood yeah. up. Eyes were closed. <laughs> oh, stunning. Right, go on. <laughs> <laughs> right, so Jack Harrison has been directly involved in seven goals for Leeds United in the Premier League this season. Three goals and four assists. Only one other English midfielder has had a direct hand in more this term. Can you tell me who it is? You know what, I'm really proud of myself because I knew who Jack Harrison played for before you said Leeds. <laughs> um, hmm. That's a good question. I mean, there is one obvious answer, but I don't know whether it'd be it's whether it's <laughs> <laughs> is it somebody else called Jack though? Mm. I don't know. Oh. <laughs> 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 right, uh, we will find out the answer to that later on, as usual. There is no quiz this week as well, as it is a, a midweek one-off special. This is the last Christmas special as well, which is. Probably it's a sad thing because we don't get to talk to each other as often, but um, my girlfriend will probably say it's, it's a blessing in disguise because I think she's become a bit sick of all this football. Chris, um, you can ring us whenever you like. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might do. If there's no, if there's uh if this lockdown goes on, I might just sort of call you just for, what, what do they call it? Like the check-in calls. Get, get Annabelle in it. <laughs> Should we just do a quiz? We just do a football quiz between the four of us. <laughs> oh God. You can practice. <laughs> <laughs> I need it. And we'll talk about the predictions later as well. <laughs> right. Right, Premier League chat, shall we? Um West Brom against Leeds. Let's 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 start with what was quite a uh there wasn't many goals this time around in this in this game week, but the vast majority of them all scored in one game, which was this. And from the highs of a very top defensive performance at Liverpool and, and nicking a point to the absolute rock bottom of being completely and utterly whacked at home by Leeds. This this was this was quite a schlacking, wasn't it, from from uh, from Leeds to West Brom? Yeah, I think. I mean, I could be wrong. But I think we all predicted a big score, didn't we? Maybe not as big as five 0 but I think we all sort of went for three or so. 
Um, I can tell you now, um, we all predicted that. Uh, where's West Brom leads? I'm well annoyed. I feel like I said 3 0, but I mean, I could be. Completely... Yeah, you did. So, uh, when we will get to the prediction later, Dan, you did have quite a good week, I'll be honest. Um, uh, Fran. <laughs> Fran, you said 3-1 and Dan said 3-0 I knew, um, I reined it in because you two kept saying I went for big points I reined it in That was um, the only big score That's true Yeah, and I and I went 1-0 which yeah, it didn't work out very well Champagne. Well, I just thought, you know, good defensive performance I thought Big Sam <laughs> um, Clearly not um, But I, I, no, talking of Big Sam I would genuinely love to know what he's thinking right now because He's obviously taken the job. He must have known it was going to be a tough job. He's been in similar circumstances before, but this is one hell of a job. I mean, that own goal from Roman Sawyer's at the start. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> obviously, no one told him it was Christmas a few days ago because that was one hell of a gift from uh, from West <laughs> Brom, wasn't it? I mean, what was he even doing? He just no, didn't look. He, did he didn't he? look. He just, he just passed it towards the goal. Didn't even look at where. The goalkeeper. I mean, I'm surprised no one's looked into Bielsa. Like, first there was Spygate, and now he's paying off opposition players. <laughs> I, I, the only thing I would say is that I felt that Sam Johnson in the West Brom goal, I mean, I know he's obviously pulled out slightly wide to provide a, an option as a, as a pass back to him and, and a route to go forward again. But the pass, when you see it go into the goal, it actually went into the goal on the nearer side to him. It wasn't like it went in on the complete op- other opposite side of the goal. And But Sam Johnson was just nowhere freaking near it, so he must have been a long way outside of his goal. Yeah, I think he, he's sort of gone towards the ed- edge of his um, like 16, 18-yard uh, box. Um, but, I mean, maybe... He could have shouted him and he'd maybe had a clearer idea of where he was, but I think you've got to blame Sawyer rather than the goalkeeper for that one. Oh yeah, 100%. That's that's definitely not on the keeper there. Um, and and from Leeds' point of view, they had some cracking goals in this game, actually. Alioski's goal was a real um, real nice one, smashing it in from, uh, from a reasonably tight angle on the left-hand side to go across the goal like that. Um, Harrison among the goals again, as you said at the start, um, and then a Lovely goal from Rafinha. Rafinha, Rafinha, sorry, mm. sealing what was an emphatic win. So, just to put the sort of task in perspective here for West Brom and for Sam Allardyce, uh, Allardyce has never been four 0 down at home in the Premier League before, and he's never lost five nil. Five nil is the biggest home defeat of his Premier League managerial career. Now, now he obviously hasn't had a huge amount of time to work with his team because of. You know, he's coming over the Christmas break, so they're almost playing more games than they are training. But he's got a lot of work to do. We probably won't see a true reflection of his work on the training ground for another couple of weeks or so. But boy, do they need to tighten things up at the back. Yeah, I think he even said after the game that, I mean, I'm sure all managers say this when they first go to a job and then they get a whack in, but he said after the game that it's a much bigger job than he first realised. <laughs> he's got wow. him scratch his own going, God, these boys are shit, aren't they? This is going to be awesome. <laughs> So, I mean, obviously a lot's been said about the fact they've conceding a lot of goals. I think they do have the, the worst defensive record in the league now. And I think it's quite comfortable, actually, the, the defensive record in, in the league. I think it's, uh, I'm just checking now, I think it's 35 goals. Yeah, 35 goals they've conceded now, um, which is now comfortably the worst, actually. Leeds were on 30, but they've had now two clean sheets in a row. Um, but, the, I mean, the other side of the coin is, is they've got the fourth uh, worst goals scored uh, sorry third worst goal scored tally when he scored 11 goals in 16 games so you know who's who's scoring their goals this season because you know it's all very well tightening things up at the back but you've got to score some goals at some point yeah they need to get older Salomon Rondon back oh Salomon Rondon what a name from the past Um, and there has been some talk uh, hilariously of Andy Carroll going there do you think he solves the problems I don't think they've been able to afford it. I was reading um, all the transfer gossip this morning, like which teams were looking to get in and get out. And they were sort of saying that Andy Carroll's wage bill would be way too high for West Brom to afford. If they loaned him in, do you reckon they could do something there? Maybe like get Newcastle yeah, and mean, pay part of it? A, I think it would be a good loan to get in, but it's just whether he stays fit. That's the problem. It's a big gamble. Mm. Uh, it just uh, it just makes me laugh. It just strikes me as... It, do you remember back in the day, um, like how everywhere Harry Redknapp went, he'd always bring across a certain player like Nico Cranshaw, yeah, yeah, just yeah. go wherever Harry Redknapp went. And this to me, just like Sam Allardyce doing the same thing, he's just getting the band back together, isn't he? 
Well, I saw it's, it's, apparently they're looking at that um, Czech Tossin as well from Everton because Sam Allardyce brought him to Everton. I think he's literally done nothing in the Premier League. If I was a West Brom fan and I saw that they wanted to bring him in, I'd be like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just envisioning Sam Allardyce announcing the signings of like Kevin Nolan and JJ Acocha or something just to, <laughs> to really get the band back together. Um, but yeah, I mean, they do need to start scoring goals. Obviously, they bought Deanne Garner from West Ham in the summer. That's not really worked out. I know at the time I was very upset about that, but I do feel that Deanne Garner is suffering from the same lack of confidence in a poor team that any any sort of good player right now would be in, in that side. Um, uh, for Leeds, I guess there's not really much more we can say about them, really, is it? It's, it seems to be sometimes you sort of flip a coin and see what Leeds turn up on the day. Yeah, um, I was just trying to find a stat that I read before about their goalkeeper, uh, but I can't. Oh, Me- Meslier. Yeah. Uh, I can't find it, so I just, I mean, I can't remember it exactly off the top of my head, but he's kept like, um, he's like the youngest goalkeeper to keep a certain amount of clean sheets since Joe Hart in 2007. Okay, yes. I mean, he is a very good goalkeeper, although he very nearly did cost them a goal in this game. I'm not quite sure how Diangana didn't score. Um, I love the fact it was one of those ones where he was given the pass back to him. Uh, it was. It wasn't the best of passes in terms of the. You know, it was quite condensed space. He probably should have just put his foot through it, and then he's passed it out to someone, mucked it up, then made the save, and then he's got up and started whinging at all his defenders. And it's like, well, hang on a minute. You had plenty of opportunity to get rid of the ball. <laughs> you passed it to one of their strikers. Now the fuck is that our fault? Yeah, I know. I know obviously, goalkeepers sort of been taught to play out from the back. But I've seen quite over the last couple of weeks. Well, maybe even all season, quite a few goalkeepers making mistakes just trying to pass out from the bat when there is no pass like I don't see what's wrong with just whacking it every now and again yeah they're obviously just being drilled so hard aren't they that you know we've we've got to play it out from the back because if we don't we're seen as you know a long ball merchant team and you know the fans don't want that anymore Mendy did it for Chelsea like a couple of weeks ago he he got away with it I think or no he gave Mm. away a penalty I think didn't he in the end Uh, yeah oh yes yes he did you're right Um, that was against Everton wasn't it yeah yeah so and, and then one other player I just wanted to talk about as well one that sort of caught my eye on that Leeds team one of many I suppose is, is Rafinha um, all action Brazilian player he's got a lot of flair about him and he's he's a, he's an exciting player to watch he reminds me a little bit of Arjen Robin the way he cuts in on that left foot yeah yeah he's a very good player I, I think he's quite young as well um, and quite unheard of he's quite a, young whenever you two say that yeah, you mean, I mean they're 25 well he's I, think I would say he's like 22 which is quite young. No, no, he is young. But when you two are like, how old is it? When I ask either of you how old someone is, you're like, 25? <laughs> He's 24. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, he, he is turning into a great player for Leeds, isn't he? I mean, he. Uh, I I'm trying to see where he came from. I think he came from... Rena, yeah, in, in France. A um, bit of an unknown, as you say, but, you know, I guess any player right now going into that team, if, if Bielsa believes in them and gets them playing, I guess any any player can go there and, and improve. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Do you think, um, you know, there were, Bielsa left it quite late in the summer to, to sign the new deal? And I believe from memory, it was only a one-year deal as well. Um, I could be wrong in that, but let's just say, for argument's sake, it is a one-year deal, even if it's a two-year deal. Um, I, I do wonder it, it, whichever coach comes in next after Bielsa, because at some point he is going to leave, whether it be one year, two year, whatever. Yeah. It, it's going to be quite the task for another manager to come in um, and either try and carry on what Bielsa has done or implement his own style. And I just wonder whether that transition period is actually something to be very, very wary of if you're a Leeds fan. I know, I know that's being very negative based on, you know, given how good they're being at the moment, but it, it, that thought did cross my mind earlier in the week. Yeah, I think if they're going to try and keep the sort of style of football that Bielsa plays, they're going to have to be very specific with who they pick to replace him. Mm. Yeah, and I wonder whether any new manager that comes in as well has also got to keep that high press, that work rate up as well. And that's that's not going to be easy. There aren't many managers that can, you know, push a team to work as hard as Bielsa clearly can. Mm. Well, each manager has their own sort of style of play. I mean, they wouldn't suit like a Jose Mourinho not that he'd go to Leeds but they wouldn't suit that sort of manager they'd have to be very specific with the manager that they go for yeah no, that would be something wouldn't it after you've had you know all action Bielsa and then get like Tony Pulis in or something yeah 
<laughs> right. So, but yeah, good, good stuff from Leeds again at West Brom. A lot of work to do for them. Let's move on to Chelsea against Aston Villa. Uh, we've obviously talked about Chelsea quite a lot recently, as as have Aston Villa, as we have about Aston Villa. This wasn't quite the the you know the big all action barnstormer game that we thought it was going to be. It was still a good game, but uh, not quite lived up to what I was hoping it was going to be. So it was was one or a fair result in the end. Yeah, I think so. I think Chelsea ran pressure um, definitely in the second half. Villa seemed the more likely to score the win, I think, than Chelsea did. Yeah, uh, Giroud getting that goal again. He's becoming a, a massively important player for Chelsea at the moment, isn't he? With with the other players like Werner and Havertz still not firing. Yeah, um, I think he's trying to get his way back into the France squad, isn't he, Giroud? So I definitely uh, recommend keep playing him. Yeah, I still again, I'm I'm seeing um, some talk of of Giroud um, being linked away with other teams. You know, you do get the feeling that he's being used currently because Werner and uh, Havertz are not really scoring. And you wonder if if Werner suddenly did start firing, does that mean the end for Giroud again? Yeah, I think so. I, I think, think it, so. I think he'll always be because they've got Tammy as well. And I think, you know, he's going to... I would say Giroud's probably his third choice out of the three, but the other two just aren't performing at the moment. Mm. Um, so I mean if I was Giroud it depends what he wants but if he wants to carry on playing in the France team I'd probably go to uh, another club but yeah. yeah I'm trying I'm trying to think where the where the rumours were that he was being linked I mean he's been long linked with with us actually in fact and he's also been linked with like Inter Milan and places like that yeah he's 34 years old now he's probably got a, another year or two left in him at the really top level you would say yeah, um, I mean, Wolves are looking for a replacement for Jimenez while he's out, so maybe... Did you oh, did you hear who they were linked with today? Yeah, I can't remember who. Diego Costa. Oh, stop oh, it. Okay, no, that's not who Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he terminated his contract, didn't he? It's a no. Yeah. I do not need him back <laughs> in the prem. I hate him. Yeah, I oh, stop. I just see, I just just for the pure shithousery, I'd love to see him back in the Premier League because he's obviously a few years older now, probably not as good as he was when he was at Chelsea. I would just love him just just to come in and just fuck shit up for a bit. It'd be hilarious. He's just a liability, isn't he? I don't know if I, as a coach, I don't think I'd want him. He's a bit like that um, Morelos from Rangers. Yeah, think like of the content for this show, though. Oh no, yeah, it'd be great as a neutral. It'd be great, but yeah, not not at my club. Not at my club. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and Giroud, just going back to him, it's 10 in 10 now against Aston Villa. Um, and another player who's among the goals is Anwar El Ghazi. Another very good finish. That's five in five for him now. He's uh, he's starting to shine a bit for Villa, isn't he? Yeah, I, re- I, was, I was so tempted to put him in my fantasy team this week, but I know as soon as I put him in, he'll stop scoring. And I don't want to ruin it for him. I'm sure he loves that. I'm sure he appreciates I it. I took Zahar out my team and then he goes and scores after not scoring for like three weeks. Zaha. Zaha. Yeah. Well, I'm sure he really appreciates it. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, Chelsea were unhappy in the build-up to the Villas uh, to Villas equaliser. Uh, they thought there should have been a foul from Grealish on Christensen. What did you guys see that? What did you What did you think on that one? Yeah, when he stuck out his leg. I but must then... admit, I, if anything, I thought it was a foul on Grealish. If I'm honest. I do, I do. I think it was a foul on Grealish, but I also think Grealish has gone looking for it by sticking out his... I know. I think Grealish knows exactly what he's doing. I mean, he does it every week, so... Yeah. yeah. But then for Christensen, you know, a sort of strong centre-back to be lying on the floor as if he's just been shot, I think is a bit pathetic. I think he could have got back up, yeah. carried on with the game and probably stopped that goal from going in. But I think he's just tried to get the... I think he's tried to get Villa to kick the ball out and they've said... No, he, did. Yeah. he was like he was lying in intense pain. But why can we just? Why does Jack Grealish not wear shin pads? I think he does. I think Chris, you know this really low. Because yeah, he. Yeah, he was pictured the other day. Um, as you as you rightly said, Dan, you 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 have to wear shin pads. If you don't yeah. wear shin pads, you're not allowed to play. Um, he wears. Uh, it was pictured. I can't remember where I saw it. He, he has child uh, child shin pads. No word of a lie. They are child's large <laughs> shin pads that he wears. Um, and as a result, uh, there have been one or two players. I can I'm trying to think. There was an older player 
um, years and years ago. Um, used to play for Inter Milan. Um, and also I think Alexander Kleb, whatever his name was for Arsenal, used to do it as well. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether they feel like it's it restricts them in some way or whether it's just Jack Greenish wanting to show off his calves. I don't know. Yeah. But surely he get, he's like the most tackled say, player. Being the most fouled player in the Premier League, you'd want like hockey shin guards or something. <laughs> yeah, I'd want to come out like a full NFL player. <laughs> 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 well, so you know. I, I don't know. Um, it's funny you say that actually because I was when we um, when Arsenal played Chelsea last week whenever it was, Smith Rowe, one of the youngsters for Arsenal that played really well, his shin pads looked even smaller. I actually had to do a double take. I didn't even think he was wearing socks. They were that low. So I don't know whether it's becoming a fashionable thing because you look different, therefore you look cool. I don't know. But it, it will take, you know, Greedish, you know, if, if somebody rakes their studs down the inside of his shin where his, where his shin pad should be, yeah. I wonder if then he'll uh, he'll decide to do something different, but who knows. Um, but, yeah, going back to that to that foul in the, in the build-up, VAR apparently couldn't review it because the initial ball into the box was cleared. So therefore the phase of play was reset and therefore the VAR couldn't go back that far to review it. So yeah, that that's, I would say it clears it up, but it doesn't really because I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's happened before where the VAR has gone back further than that and, and ruled out goals and bits and pieces in the past or, or gone back and given a penalty, for example. Um, I just want to pick up on Ben Chilwell's volley towards the end. That would have been something special, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's a hell of a strike. Literally like an inch to the left and that, that would have hit the post and gone in. He's been very nice. Yeah, he's, he's having a good start to his Chelsea career, isn't he? I mean, he's, he's firmly pushed Marcus Alonso out of the team and it does sound like there's, he's one of a few players that might be making their way out of the club in January. Um, I mean, I'm not even a Chelsea fan and I would have celebrated if that had gone in. Yeah, yeah beautiful. Both, both Chelsea fullbacks were having a great season so far, James and um, Chilwell. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Lampard made a, a, quite a lot of changes to his side. I think it was six changes, I believe. Do you, do you feel like this was rotation or do you feel like this was a wake-up call to his team after the poor performance against Arsenal? No, I think every team made quite a few changes this week because uh, they've just got so many games on. But, but that's the whole point of having a squad, isn't it? To rotate your players and it's down to the managers to know sort of which rotations to make week in, week out, really. Yeah, without disrupting the team. Do you think, yeah. um, you know, regardless of, you know, why he changed the team, do you think he'll be happy with the response to the Arsenal defeat? Do you think he'll be pleased with his performance? I think he probably would have wanted a win after the Arsenal game, to be honest. I know Villa are playing really well at the moment, but I still think it will be, you know, annoyed uh, Lampard, to be honest. Mm. I mean, Bookies have him currently, I believe, to be the next manager to be sacked, which... Really? It's, it's quite interesting, you know, if you think about, you know, how bad things are going for, for Sheffield United. They've got two points in 16 games. And yet... Uh, it really surprises me that, you know, 16 games in, they've still not won a game and they're still sticking by Wilder. Yeah, I just... I can only assume that they're pretty much accepting that they're going down to the championship and they want Wilder to try and bring them back up. Yeah, that's my feeling. I wonder if, they, if they're actually more thinking about I think we've may have mentioned this before. If they do change someone, is it actually going to make any difference at all? Mm. I think it's probably too little, too late now. I think it's more about sort of preparing for championship next season. If they manage to stay up this season, then Wilder definitely deserves manager of the year. Yeah, I'm just looking on uh, on a couple of websites here. It looks like um, depending on which website you're going for, it's either it's either Frank Lampard, Chris Wilder, or Roy Hodgson um, are all right up there in the in the frame to be the next manager to be sacked. I think for Frank Lampard, it's probably because the money they spent that he's under pressure. Yes, and uh, part part of me would be very happy to see Frank Lampard sacked if it meant that Chelsea buggered off from sniffing around Declan Rice. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. Um, uh, you know, you know what it's like in football, a couple of wins and everything's rosy again. So, um, but the next game against Man City, assuming that goes ahead with obviously what's going on with the Man City camp right now with the current COVID situation, that, that's a big game for Chelsea as well. You know, if, if they don't get anything from that game, um, then the pressure really does start to get on top of Lampard. Yeah, that's going to be a very tough game. Oh, I hope it goes ahead. That'd be a good yeah. game. 
it would be a good game. And, and Lampard's record against teams in the, uh, I think it's like the top 10. I think he's got a really awful record against teams in the top 10 of the league. So he will be uh, very much keen to put that right. And and for Villa, they continue to impress again. Where, where do you think Grealish is in the pecking order for England right now? Top, like... <laughs> I think he should be starting. I think he should be starting for sure. But actually, so, there's a lot of English players actually I think in the Premier League now that are like um, stepping it up. It's a very big pool to choose. There's this has got to be one of the biggest so pools many. to choose from that we've had in a long time. But I think yeah. he should be at the top. So on that note then, so bearing in mind the position that he plays for Villa, he plays on that sort of left wing, inside wing position. Yeah, I wouldn't play him on the wing. I'd play him as like a can. Okay, so in which case then, how would you how would you potentially line up? Did, does does England have to change their system to accommodate him? You know, is he that important to England that we've just yeah. well, we've got I mean, to find a way to get him in the team? I personally wouldn't play five at the back anyway. I'd play four two three one, and he would be my middle of the three. A bit like like the Bruno Fernandez type player. Yeah, um, and then would you have so what be Kane up front, and then Rashford and Sterling either side? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I go along with that. I wonder Declan Rice and Jordan Henderson or something similar to that as the two sort of players sat in front of the um, defenders, just playmakers type thing. Yeah, I do wonder whether um, how Jack Grealish would be because obviously he does play that left wing position so well. He likes to run at players. He likes to sort of... um, sort of draw those fouls out wide and come in from those wide positions a little bit like Rashford does for, for United so I wonder whether Grealish would be as effective from that cam role yeah I mean I would play some friendly you know if I was manager I'd play some friendly see if he can play there and if not I think unfortunately he'd have to be a bench player and then you'd bring him on to replace the likes of Rashford or Sterling because then you've mm. still got Sancho on the bench as well so there's a lot of players yeah. to choose I mean, San- Sancho's probably fallen down the pecking order a bit because he's having a not a particularly great time in Bundesliga right now from all accounts. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's scored this season yet. So, um, yeah, be interesting to see how Southgate lines up. I'm not sure what England's plans are between now and the Euros in terms of, you know, what games we've got left because obviously all the uh, Nations League stuff, I believe, is now finished. So I'm assuming we'll have a friendly or two between now and the Euros. But um I'm not sure when, so it'd be very important for, as you say, Southgate to experiment a little, but at the same time, he'll obviously want to make, be preparing for what he believes is his best side for, um, for the start of those Euros. He's kind of got to have a 90% idea of what his best team is now, really. I don't think you can still be doing too much experimenting. No, you would, you would hope not. Um, But uh, anyway, that's a little way off. Let's, um, uh, it's worth mentioning actually that the next Villa game is Man United. That's going to be a saucy one. How do you feel that was going to go, Dan? Well, I didn't think we'd beat Wolves, and we did. We managed to get the winner. So, I mean, we, if we can keep on winning uh, and just keep that form going, with Bruno in the side, mate, anything can happen. <laughs> Good old Bruno. Um, right, okay, let's uh, let's head to a break then. After the break, we'll talk about um, another Premier League game, and then we're going to get into um, some other bits and pieces. We're going to take a look back on 2020 as a whole, talk about some of the stuff that made us laugh, what, we, what our favourite goal of the year was, and then talk about all the other bits and pieces like our predictions. Um, and we'll get the answer to Dan's Statman question. See you in a minute. everybody and welcome back to the show um we again haven't done a listener segment this week just because it's been lots of craziness and lots of football going on so we will get back to doing that segment uh next week um it's not really much else and usually we use this part of the show to talk about extra bits and pieces and whatever's going on but there's anything going on right now no gonna have to think of some things um for the new year some, some new some new features maybe uh but anyway let's get on and talk about the premier league so uh just the one further game we're going to talk about because it was quite a, a dull week of games actually or dull game week with not many goals going in and not huge amounts to talk about so we will just talk uh, briefly about burnley against uh, sheffield united uh another impressive result for burnley they're, they're now fifth in the form table as well 16 points uh, altogether, they've got 11 from their last six. We're finally seeing those resilient players come to life under Sean Dyche. 
Yeah, starting to be better defensively and keep a few more clean sheets as well, which I think has been the main thing. Yeah, I mean, Tarkovsky's come back from injury not that long ago. So does this just sort of uh, re-emphasize how important he is to that team? Yeah, yeah. And I think these two teams are quite similar in terms of their sort of best weapons, their defence. Um, and it came down to a set piece that sort of broke the deadlock. Mm. Yeah, it was it was frustrating for Sheffield United again. You know, they very nearly went in front at one end and then almost immediately conceded at the other. Um, for Burnley, though, do you think that you know, we're now going to start to see them put a little bit of distance between themselves and the, the teams at the bottom? I think so. I think they've got good enough players to start to sort of push away from that um, bottom three. But yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see. I mean, with the fixtures being so tight, you never know. A few injuries and they could be back to square one again. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're now five points clear of the of the group at the bottom. Um, their goals scored is still of a concern. It's the second worst in the league, so they definitely need to address that in some way, shape or form, whether that means bringing you know, another player in, in January, I don't know. Um, but they've got some important games coming up. They've got Fulham next, which is on Sunday this week. They're then playing West Ham. Um, you know, those are two, I hate to say it, two winnable games there. Um, it, you know, so if they, if they get points from those and all of a sudden they're actually looking up rather than behind them. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. If they can keep the run of form going. Mm. On, on the flip side though it's a, it's another game it's another blank and another loss for for poor old Sheffield United I guess we've already talked to this about this a little bit earlier but um, Chris Wilder's got to be he looked for the first time for me when he was on the sidelines and, and walking off the pitch and coming towards his press conference he looked for the first time like a broken man to me it, it looked like this was really beginning to get to him well, I said to you during the game that if, if they lost this game to Burnley, I think that is pretty much the last nail in the coffin for them. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, I know we joked about this earlier, didn't we, about the Derby, of course, went down with just 11 points, which is the worst ever in the Premier League history. Uh, West Brom have only got eight at the moment um, and Sheffield United just two points. I mean, uh, you would have to say, as harsh as it sounds, but uh, it's not really a joke anymore. There is a real chance of Sheffield United going down with less points than that Derby at 11 points yeah um, and like we were saying earlier I think you know if they've got to this stage um, with only two points and Wilder's still there I can only think that no matter what happens he's going to keep his job yeah because I'm sure you would have changed it by now wouldn't you surely you know. so yeah no, no wins. Only eight goals scored. It's the worst, worst tally in the league. Um, I mean, I actually heard. I was listening on the radio earlier. Well, I was sat in McDonald's earlier, um, listening to Talksport, and the, the the combines. I think it's Moose, McBurney, McDermott. Is it McDermott? Yeah, I think it's McDermott um, and Rian Brewster as a combined strike force of roughly 50 million, 50 to 60 million, I think it is. Um, and between them this season, they've only scored one goal. Yeah, and they've lost seven of their games 1-0. Yeah, so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's a very worrying period for Sheffield United. You know, if if they were to go down, I know this, again, this is jumping the gun a little bit. There's still over 20 games to go here, but wait, the way things are, you just can't see any other outcome other than Sheffield going down right now. Do you think that coming off the back of a season like this, do you think they're going to find it very hard to recover, to come back up again? You know, could you see them, for example, doing, a, you know, something that's like Sunderland have done and then falling down the divisions a little bit? Yeah, I think, I mean... Watford and Bournemouth are sort of looking at like they may come back up, but they had much stronger sides, I think, than the Sheffield side had. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of players, I don't know if they, unless they do some serious recruiting, that they don't strike me as a team that has lots of money to sort of recruit to come straight back up again, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously Norwich last season went down with, with somewhat of a whimper, not as bad as this, obviously, but they were, you know, losing more often than not especially in the in the sort of second half of the season. Um, you know, they had a very, very poor run, but they're currently top of the championship. So it, it's not beyond the realms of possibility that a team can have a very, very bad season in the Premier League and then bounce back and, and perform really well in the championship. But yeah, I do I do worry for Sheffield tonight, I'd have to say. Um, do you feel like money is the answer here or do you think this is they need a change of style? Do they need to just, you know, sort of throw caution to the wind and just go for it now because they've got nothing to lose? 
I I don't think it's worth spending any money in January, to be honest. I, I think it would be a waste. And you'd get these players in on Premier League wages and then you'd be stuck with them in the Championship. I think, to be honest, now it's more a case of just planning for the Championship and trying to come back up next year rather than trying to survive this year. Yeah, you know, and you would imagine most players these days have clauses in their contracts, which would mean that if they were to get relegated, that they take whatever it may be at 30, 40, 20%. Question, yeah. Exactly. So you would hope they've covered themselves financially from that point, but there's a good chance that quite a lot of their players are still on reasonably low wages from the championship anyway. So yeah, financially, and obviously with the parachute payments as well, they'll, you know, with a bit of luck, they'll, they'll be okay financially. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's a shame to see them potentially bow out this season with, with such a, a whimper given how good they were last season and how impressed we all were with with how they played. Yeah, I think that's the crazy thing, the fact that they nearly qualified for the Europa League last season. It wasn't until the last sort of 10 games after COVID that they dropped away. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. It's sad. You know, I, I, li- I like Chris Wilder a lot as a manager. Um, I don't... <laughs> you almost, It's one of those situations where you almost wouldn't wish it on anybody, regardless of your feelings towards the side. Um Maybe uh, maybe Millwall. I wouldn't wouldn't bother me too much, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, anyway, we 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 hope they can at least get a win sooner rather than later and just lift their spirits a little bit. So, right, let's let's talk a moment about twenty twenty. What a what an amazing year it's been, hasn't it, guys? Weird, uh, listen, <laughs> very listen weird. Excitement. Listen to that <laughs> excitement. <laughs> To be fair, um, it's not been that bad. It's been pretty bad. Well, it has <laughs> We're all still here. We're all still healthy. Indeed. But it has been a very tricky year for uh, for football as a whole. Uh, Premier League clubs obviously in a better place to survive than uh, some of the clubs in the uh, Football League. We've lost uh, one club, I believe. And I know there's lots of other clubs that are, you know, not a million miles away from, uh, from being in such a bad financial situation that they... Uh, they go under, so hopefully the the bailout that came not long ago will help them. But we wanted to take back and look at the positives of 2020. So we're going to talk about what our favourite goals of 2020 were. Um, we're also going to talk about what sort of some memorable moments and what made us laugh the most in 2020. So um, who wants to kick us off? Well, we've got the same. We both picked goal. the same goal. Um, oh, go on then. Talk goal. us. Talk us through your goal. Uh, so we've chosen the Son Heung Min goal against Burnley, where he picked it up on the edge of his own area, ran through the entire Burnley team, and slotted it in. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna be controversial here. I, I don't think that goal should be given as much credit as it has has got. I know that's I know <laughs> I know that's controversial, but I watched it back again today, and um, you know I know it, it, I think it also won the um, what you call it, Push Gas Award or whatever it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's it's been given this recognition, and I think I, I watched the replay again today, and I did think this at the time when you have a a player that runs as far as he did. I mean, he picked it up as you say on the edge of his own box, and he ran he runs the entire length of the pitch and and finishes it very very well, but. Unless it's uh, a messy, like I call it a messy esque run where he's literally jinking and dodging tackles left, right, and centre. For me, this was more about bad defending than it was good attacking. Because when you watch when you watch the replay back, if you watch his entire run from one end of the pitch to the other, he only actually dodges, and I and I use the word dodge loosely because they weren't there were only half challenges. There's only two challenges that come in. The rest of the time, nobody even puts in an effort to even stop him. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that, I mean, I, I'm not taking anything away from the fact that he's done this lung busting run and it's still, there's still a lot of work to do, but I just, I'm not sure it deserves the credit that it, that it got. Fair enough. You're entitled to your opinion. No I presume you don't agree then. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a great guy. I think, although, yeah, it may look like sort of Burnley have gone in half hearted. I think it's more a case of not wanting to bring him down and get a yellow card and, or a red card, etc. Um, if it, one of those that looks really easy, but I don't think it is as easy as it as it looks. Well, I mean, he's been given the Puskas Award. Loads of other people have praised it, so it might just be me being old and miserable that I've. Can I? Looked. Can I guess your goal? Uh, I've got two goals actually. Okay, is one of them Lanzini? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, I mean, in the in the in the context of the game where we were three 0 down with like nine minutes to go, for the pretty much the last kick of the game to be a goal of the quality that was, um, that's really why I picked it. Was that not only was it an unbelievable goal, but just what it meant in the actual game itself as well. Um, but the other goal I picked was uh, James Madison's against Man City when they beat them five two, whatever it was, at the Etihad early in the season. Um, where we just sort of picked up the ball on the inside, left-hand side of the pitch. No one particularly closed him down, so he thought, screw it, I'll have a go. And he just bent it absolutely beautifully into the far top right-hand corner. Um, so, yeah, that, I, I, know, I know that people are going to groan because I picked Lanzini, but I can't think of too many better goals that have been scored in 2020 than, than either of those two. I mean, there have been some good goals, don't get me wrong, but... I think uh, those two are my uh, the two best ones for me. Fair enough. Right, let's talk about our um, our. F- should we go funny moment or should we go memorable yeah, moment next? Both funny. Okay, so um, I'll, I'll kick this one off. So I actually um, I wanted to go with. Uh, do you remember the Liverpool Man City game when Pep absolutely lost his freaking mind? with VAR do you guys remember this where he was shouting twice twice at the um, at Mike Dean of all people the fourth official when they were denied a penalty for the second time because of VAR do you guys remember yeah. this yeah that's my funniest moment <laughs> oh is it <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, reason, the reason I didn't include it was because after I'd done some digging on it I actually found that it was in um, it was November uh, in, it was 2019 that he did it um I thought it was a Champions League game, so I thought, oh, it had to have been in like February at least. No, well, I mean, unless I'm looking at, I was looking at the date that wasn't associated with with this game or not, but um, as far as I know, it was November 2019. But I mean, it's worth mentioning anyway, just because it was hilarious. But um, the, the best bit about all of that wasn't the fact that he was like going twice, like with his two fingers up in the air. It was the condescending sarcasm. <laughs> that when he went yeah. out, when he went out to the referee afterwards, he was going, "Thank you so much, thank you so much." Oh God, that was brilliant. So yeah, that would have been mine, uh, but we'll, we'll include it just for the sake of it, just in case I'm wrong. But the other one, frustratingly, is another. Um, it's actually the kick about Derby. It's uh, it was during the Manchester United West Ham game. Um at the tail end of last season. So I don't know if you remember this game, Dan. So um, do you remember the penalty that Pogba gave away? Yeah, because he put his hand up. Yeah, so do you remember what happened after that? Yeah, uh, one of your players took the piss out of him. Antonio or something, wasn't it? Yeah, so basically they come out of the onto the pitch for the second half and Antonio's having a chat with Bruno Fernandes and Bruno Fernandes has obviously said, you know, I'm not sure it was a penalty or whatever. Antonio's then mimicked what Pogba did. And then the both of them just start pissing themselves laughing. And then the camera just pans slightly to the right. And behind them is Paul Pogba. And it just focuses in on his face. Honestly, if looks could kill, it was like the the betrayal on his face. It was just brilliant. Oh, dear. So uh, that was that was my funny moment of, of the year. I thought that was brilliant. Um, I didn't really have one until and I don't really know why this tickled me this morning on match of the day, but we were watching back the Leeds West Leeds West Brom highlights. And um it is when Rodrigo yeah. scores his goal. <laughs> he runs over to celebrate and whoever he celebrates with first, he smacks him in the face. <laughs> and, <laughs> And then they're just like bent over, like uh, holding their face. And then it's it like repeats the goal. And then you go back to them celebrating, and he's still there, like holding his face. <laughs> uh, I don't know was, why, but it really got me this morning. There was, I think, there was one similar with uh, Aston Villa at some point earlier in the season, where um, yeah, Dan John, John McGinn got John poked McGinn. in the eye, and he wasn't even yeah. he wasn't even involved in the celebration. He was on the <laughs> outskirts. And somebody the other side has jumped over and poked him in the eye. It oh really dear! Me. Dan didn't even see it. I had to make I made him rewind it so that he could see. It. <laughs> uh, right, let's uh, let's finish off then with our memorable moments of the year. So this could be this could kind of be anything really. I guess it could be a goal. It could be a funny moment. It could be uh, you know a massive result for a team. What, what what did you guys go for on this? Um, mine's just going to be Dan saying "boo" to a ghost. 
<laughs> I, sh- I should have got a clip of that. I'm much, you know what? I'm going to put, I'm going to get it on my soundboard and we're going to have it for the future for, for 2021. As soon as you said memorable moment, that, that is what came to my head. <laughs> um, Dan's Dan- really happy about it. Can you tell? <laughs> 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 Mine was, I couldn't really think of one, but then I I sort of went for this because it's just something that sticks in my mind when, um, uh, I, can't, I can't remember even how it started, but like, um, Dean Henderson made a mistake when he was in goal for Sheffield. I mean, this might have been last season as well, but Christ. when Dean Henderson made a mistake when he was in goal for Sheffield United and um, everyone was sort of sympathetic, you know, saying he's a young player, etc. Um, during the interview, and then Chris Wilde was like, "Well, what do you want me to do? Give him a hug." <laughs> yeah, that that was when we sort of first really got to know Chris Wilder as a manager and as a man, didn't we? Mm, yeah. Oh, sort of uh, so my memorable moment is um, Jose Mourinho getting an Instagram uh, feed. Uh, yeah, it, it's- Chris, this is it. I just went to Dan. Oh, I've got another one, and I was literally going to say Jose's post of him on the bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if you haven't yet found Jose on Instagram, I highly recommend you go and look. I was <laughs> I, I was scrolling through it earlier just just to see if I'd um, I'd missed any 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 good ones. Um and there's one there's a photo of him. He's he obviously on a plane to on a away game and he's just watching a movie on a plane on a on a laptop with his legs crossed eating a bag of popcorn. Just, you know, <laughs> and it's like it, it, I don't know which uh, popcorn it is, but it, it looks like one of those sort of average ones you get at like the supermarket. None of this sort of fancy stuff. Just a bag of popcorn from a supermarket. I absolutely love it. Um, and as you say, the, the the team bus one after they lost to Antwerp. Um, <laughs> bad performances deserve bad results. Hope everyone in this bus is as upset as I am. Tomorrow, eleven a.m. training. Brilliant! It's absolutely amazing. Uh, took a point blank photo of him. Take a photo. (laughs) Photo. Oh, I think there was another one on there as well where he, him, and all of his um, coaching staff were sat in their office watching the Formula One because it was the Portuguese Grand Prix, and there's not an ounce of emotion on any one of their faces until Jose looks out the corner of his eye, sees that the camera's rolling, just looks at the camera, and then just puts his thumb up. That's all you get (laughs) out of him. Oh dear, absolutely brilliant. Right. Um, yeah, that was our little uh, little trip down memory lane for 2020. Let us know your favourite moments as well. well. We'll probably put out a, uh, a little something if I can uh, get around to doing it. I know I've been really shit with social media recently. I will get back to it, I promise. Um, but uh, yeah, let let us know what's, uh, what your favourite moments of 2020 are. In the meantime, let's... Oh, I don't really want to do this either because it's another fucking quiz thing that I'm losing out very badly. Um, let's move along to our Premier League predictions. Let's. So, Palace against Leicester. We uh, we had this down as a we all of us had an away win, um, so we don't get any points for this because it finished one all. Um, Chelsea against Villa. I had this down for an away win. That didn't happen. Fran had a two all draw, so you get a point. But Dan correctly guessed one one, so you get the full three points. And unfortunately, that's not the only correct result that you got. Uh, you also got the Burnley Sheffield United score bang on. Um, you also got uh, the Brighton Arsenal game, uh, the correct results. You get a point, as did you, Fran. Uh, you'll notice I haven't said my name yet because I haven't got any points yet. <laughs> you kept going against us. <laughs> that was my tactic was to go against you because I thought that's the only way I'm going to catch up. But in hindsight, the reason I sh- the reason you guys are scoring well is because you keep getting it right. And yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, uh, I did. Um, thankfully, I did get a point for Burnley Sheffield United, actually, because I did get that Burnley win, just the wrong result. Um, uh, Fran, you got a point for guessing a draw in the Southampton West Ham game. Um, West Brom against uh, Leeds. <laughs> I said one all, fuck's sake. Um, <laughs> Uh, you two guessed a correct win, a high-scoring game for both of you, but not quite as high-scoring as it turned out to be. And then finally, I did get a point for guessing that Manchester United would beat Wolves. Um, so yeah, not a great week for me. Spurs against Fulham tonight has been postponed as we talked about. Excuse me. And Newcastle-Liverpool is currently going on. And where is 
It is nil-nil, yes, um, with uh, about half an hour to play. So, um, can get a result in this game. Yeah, I, I mean, to get me three points, I need Liverpool to score four goals in the last yes. half an hour. So I'm not <laughs> holding up much hope for that either. Um, so the, the really depressing thing is now, you know, last week we joked and I said that it was going to be me and Franz combined score against you, Dan. Yeah. Even if we combined our score, you'd only be four points behind Dan. <laughs> and that's not because Fran's doing badly. That's because I'm doing horrifically. So the current scores, I'm on 12, Fran's on 18, and Dan is on 26. Nice. So, yeah, I'm quite glad this feature's coming to an end because this is getting embarrassing now. <laughs> right. Oh, well, 2021. But, but we are going to do it for one final time. We are going to do the New Year's fixtures. So... Um, they're split across four days this week, actually. Um, rather interestingly, have we got any games being doubled up here? Or are my eyes deceiving me? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Is that double up? No, <laughs> it must be. Somebody must be playing twice here. Bear with this is ridiculous. Hang on. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. No, I just can't count those ten games, right? Okay, ignore me. <laughs> right, let's talk first game. So Friday, Everton against West Ham is kicking off the weekend's football. What do we think? Um, sorry, Chris, but I'm going to go for an Everton win. I'm going to go 3-1 Everton. 3-1? Fucking hell. I was going to go 2-1. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Everton. <laughs> one because that's what Dan said um, and also because Everton are is not a happy hunter ground for West Ham so yeah I don't hold much hope for us getting anything there uh, then uh, Manchester United against Aston Villa yeah I'm not going to bet against us again I'm going to go I think Aston Villa will score I'm going to say what I'm gonna say, I'm gonna go two-one United again. Oh, I was thinking that. Chris, what are you thinking? Uh, what did Dan say? <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> um, I am gonna go for a draw. I think it's gonna be one-all. Uh, I'm gonna go two-all. Okay. Uh, right, moving across to Saturday, Tottenham against Leeds. Oh crap! Ooh, good game. Awful Part game. Us against attack with everybody. <laughs> the one-one-eight formation. One <laughs> <laughs> of you guys. I have first. no idea. Um, well, Spurs have been stuttering recently, so Leeds. There's every chance Leeds could get something from this, I think. But then look at my predictions and just I might disregard, go two all. Disregard everything I've just said. I'm gonna go two all. Two all. Okay. I'm going to go 4-2 Tottenham. Oh, big scoring game. I like it. I like that. Uh, I mean, this does play into Tottenham's hands, the way Leeds play. So, Well, yeah, I think Tottenham will play counter-attacking and I think it'll be similar to the United game, I think. Oh, yeah. hold on. Maybe I should have faith in Tottenham. <laughs> I'll go 3-2 Tottenham. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go... I'm going to go 2-0 Spurs. I actually, I think, no, is that silly? Would lead score. I think they might score. <laughs> um, I'll go 2-1 Spurs. I think Leeds okay. will score. Um, right, Palace against Sheffield United. I will say... Hold on, let Chris go first. Yeah. <laughs> what, just so you can say the exact opposite of whatever <laughs> I say? <laughs> yeah, um, do you know what? I'm losing. I'm not going to win this competition. So I'm going to say Sheffield United are going to get their first win. You heard it here first, people. Ooh. I'm going to say Sheffield United are going to get a 1-0 win. Fran? I am going to say 1-0 Crystal Palace. I'm going to say 0-0. That's, mm-hmm. that's a good guess as well, I feel. <laughs> Two <laughs> I never think to teams right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, next one, Brighton against Wolves. I think... I uh, think Wolves will win 1-0. Uh, 2-0 Wolves. Yeah, I'm going 2-0 Wolves as well. Brighton at home are not very good. Out. So, yeah. <laughs> 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 
Uh, West Brom against Arsenal. Yeah, it's got to be an Arsenal, Arsenal win, isn't it? Uh, I'll go 2-0. Yeah, 2-0 for me as well. So, so is that 2-0 for both of you? Yeah. Okay, I will go 2-1 Arsenal. <laughs> I'll go 2-1 Arsenal. Okay. Uh, moving to Sunday now, Burnley against Fulham. Oh, I, what have what have Fulham been like recently? Up and down. They haven't played. I'm gonna go one all. One all, okay. If in doubt, one all. It will not be a high-scoring game. I think that's for sure. No, I'm gonna go one nil Burnley. I'm gonna go one nil Fulham. Ooh. Oh damn! One of us is yeah. gonna be happy. Yeah, it won't be me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Newcastle against Leicester. I'd like to have seen how Newcastle do against Liverpool, to be fair. Um, I'm going to go 2 0 Leicester. Oh, yeah. I'm going to go 2 1 Leicester. Oh, yeah. um, I will go 3 0 Leicester. Chris, bloody hell. Hey, you know, when you're losing this, I'm I'm doing what Sheffield United can do. I've got a free hit, really, because no one's expecting me to win now. You know what? It's really good <laughs> that you haven't relegated. mentioned it much. <laughs> you haven't gonna... spoken much about how much you're losing, so it's fine. Uh, well, you know, I feel like the best way to deal with it is to get over it quickly and not talk about it. So, <laughs> I feel like you're not getting over it, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then last game on Sunday afternoon is a, is a corker of a game, Chelsea Whoa. against Man City. Yeah, I'm going one all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I hope it's more than that. Yeah, me too. I'm like, hoping for a good, good, proper game here. I think they'll cancel each other out. Like Tottenham and Chelsea yeah. did, yeah. Uh, I'll go 2 all. I will go with... <sighs> Chelsea's record against big teams is awful. I think Man City will win. I'm going to go for a 2-1 Man City win. And then lastly, on Monday the 4th of January, it's Southampton against Liverpool. Liverpool are quite good against Southampton, I think. So I'm going to say 3-0 Liverpool. I don't know. What has Southampton been like recently? Poor the last few weeks. Yeah, they've not been scoring many goals either. Chris? Danny Ings, Danny Ings is back and playing. He wasn't. He he did score against us. Yeah, was it yesterday? We played yeah yesterday, but it was ruled out for VAR. But he did take it very well. But yeah, as a whole, Southampton are definitely stuttering a bit. No winning four, I believe. Uh, what are you gonna say? Um, I'm gonna say a two 0 Liverpool win. Um. I'm going to go 3-1 Liverpool. Okay. And Dan, what did you say? Was it 3-0, what did you say? 3-0, yeah. Okay. Right. Um, and that will be the final Premier League predictions that we do, um, unless we uh, decide to uh, carry on doing it, at which point we will start again, of course. Um, so let's move on then to, where are we? Uh, team of the week. Batman. Oh, we're doing team, team of the week. You just want to hear that jingle again, don't you? I do. I just love it. <laughs> um, right. So, yeah, team of the week. Um, no one has been seeing it on social media because I've been incredibly bad at putting it out there. Um, who went through it first last time, Dan? I feel like it was you. Um, yeah. I can't remember who it was. Okay, I'll go. I'll uh, I'll kick us off. So um, I, this week our teams are unsurprisingly quite similar, given how the games panned out this week. So I've gone for De Gea in goal. I've gone in the back four. I've gone Alioski, uh, Ailing, Ben Mee, and Craig Dawson from West Ham's because he. <laughs> so he came in from Watford at the end of the season, and everybody looked at it as being a bit of a, you know, we just need a few bodies, so we will just bring anybody in, we can get our hands on. He hasn't played all season. This is his first game for us. And he looked really good. I have to say, he put in a really good performance. So hats off to him for being able to come in and put in a performance like that. Um, And then midfield, I've gone for John McGinn, uh, Jack Harrison, 
Saka and Harvey Barnes. And then as the strikers, I've gone for El Ghazi and Rafinha. Nice. My team is pretty much exactly the same. I think we've, there's two players in my team different to yours. Um, so I've got De Gea in goal, the back four of Ben Mee, Tarkowski, Ailing, and Alioski. Um, my midfield is Phillips, McGinn and Harrison. And then my front three are Saka, Barnes and Rafinha. Yeah, as you say, I think uh, the way the games were this week, I think there was no real chance of having a, a wide selection of players to choose from. It's just the way it all kind of panned out. Um, right then. So looks like we are finishing the show then with this. <laughs> Damn the stack, man. <laughs> Come on. I was waiting for you. I thought you were uh... right. Since his since his Premier League debut in February, no player has scored more headed goal. No, that is the wrong stat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Try again. Jack Harrison has been directly involved in seven goals for Leeds United in the Premier League this season, three goals and four assists. Only one other English midfielder has had a direct hand in more this term. Can you tell me who it is? Uh, this so do you say this season? This season. Okay, so uh, let's reel off some names. Obvious one is Jack Grealish. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that it's not him? Yeah, it is him, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be a bit too obvious. I was going to start reading off like uh, James Madison, that sort of thing. <laughs> yes, Jack Oh, that's a shame. Usually, usually, when I, uh, usually when I get one right, that's usually a win for you in the quiz, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as we mentioned, I did make it to the new year just with Fran's game show with football with Fran. So we, we were, we're getting ever closer to that forfeit, aren't we? Which is scary. Uh, have we had any thoughts about what that could be yet? I've mm. had some thoughts. Fran, I'm well. sure you have Dan, but I'm, I'm going <laughs> to. <laughs> no, I haven't yet. Okay. I've got, I haven't thought about it yet, Chris, cause I've got faith that you'll pull it back. So I don't have to think about it. What from nine, five. <laughs> yes always have faith <laughs> excellent right well uh that wraps up the kickabout for 2020 so it's been 20 uh 20 great episodes i've really enjoyed this this year mm, yeah very good so we will <laughs> we are obviously going to be reverting back to our usual monday night recording to a tuesday release uh from next week onwards so we will um we will speak to you all then so from all of us here at the kickabout which is just three of us. I make it sound like there's a really big team involved. <laughs> so from me, Dan and Fran, we wish everyone a very happy and safe new year and we'll speak to you all next week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.